1: Welcome to Pod Mavericks Group Therapy. My name is Kirk Henderson. I'm editor-in-chief over at MavsMoneyBall.com. I am sorry for the delay after the show that Matthew and I just recorded. Uh, Thought I was going to be able to come right back, but between a pet emergency and baby needing attention, there was a little too much going on at one time, and it took me longer than I thought to move everything and get everything set up. So I apologize for the late start, but I'm a little uh a little jazzed after that game for for those of you who are listening later. The Dallas Mavericks went on a 30 to nothing run against the Oklahoma City Thunder to make what felt like a blowout game uh come down to the wire where the Mavericks uh, fell 126 to 120. It was a pretty um I don't know. I, I, I don't feel deflated. I think if I was in the arena, I would have walked out being really surprised because the Mavericks were missing, you know, Maxi Kleber, who's out with his dislocated toe. Kyrie Irving with his, uh, you know, his kind of ongoing foot challenges. And that's just going to be a thing. Tim Hardaway Jr. with whatever was up with him. I don't remember at this time. Josh Green had a hyper-extended elbow and then uh, – or maybe even a sprained elbow. Sorry if, if I mis- got that wrong. And then Dante Exum had a personal day because uh, he also had a child. So the Mavericks were down essentially five guys that get regular minutes for them when everything is all in right, and they're playing an Oklahoma City Thunder team that rolls in with a 12-6 and record, having probably one of the more difficult schedules in the league with a, uh, in my opinion, MVP caliber player and Shy Gilius-Alexander, And I, you know, I wouldn't have been shocked if, if, you know, a lot of people decided to kind of take this game off and chalk it up to a loss because the Thunder are on paper, uh, with those five Mavericks missing, just the significantly better team. And for most of the game, that was uh, more or less what played out with um, the Thunder trapping Luka Doncic sort of mercilessly and the Mavericks getting a fair share of open looks. But the team, you know, when you're missing all your good shooters, it's you know, Thank goodness for Derek Jones Jr. who went nuts. I think he hit six of 12 for three. Um, 12 threes is the most he's ever attempted in a game by three shots. He took nine in a game earlier this year, uh, nine three-pointers, and then he did that back in 2020 as well. So to shoot 33% more threes than you've ever taken in a game, and he was, you know, the the Thunders, I think the Thunder were pretty happy to give him those sorts of shots, but he really helped keep Dallas kind of, I don't want to say within striking distance, because at certain points of this game, they're down by 20 points. But, you know, the Mavericks just kind of – they just kept playing, they kept playing, they kept playing. The fourth quarter starts, and they're playing a hyper uh, small lineup. And it's one of these things that I don't know um, what Jason Kidd was really thinking or hoping. If anything, he was at best, uh, I think, hoping to roll out – just to see if something could get going. I mean, they, you know, at a certain point, you wonder if they were going to pull Luke off the floor. But the simple fact was, they didn't really have enough guys um, to to play the game. You know, Jaden Hardy was the closest thing to a backup guard that they had, and you know, he's just not really it this season. And they went, you know, hyper small. They had AJ Lawson out there, who's more or less a G League player. He played almost that. I think he played the entire run, uh, which was pretty ridiculous in that fourth quarter. And you know, the Mavericks just sort of wanted to see what they could do. And, um, I, I just I, I still don't really know how that happened. I mean, Mark da- you know, the Chuck Cooperstein is has uh, been arguing with me on Twitter, the the Maz radio announcer about timeouts because I am often very critical of Jason Kidd's sort of inability to use any of the tools at his disposal. And he just told me that, you know, Mark Dagano called four timeouts and sometimes it just doesn't work. That's true. But you can't really disprove a negative in the sense of,, um, I would like Jason Kidd to call timeouts. Um, still, because that's a tool at his disposal. And when he sits there wearing the same, you know, wearing glasses and just kind of rubbing his face, they had two sideline shots of him rubbing his eyes. And I'm just like, I get it. I get it. But it's like, you're a politician on the trail. You cannot do stuff like that when you're getting waxed. It just doesn't give me, doesn't give me hope. Okay. Um, I got my, uh, my friend Brandon waiting down there. Um, Brandon, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, Kirk? You doing all right? Yeah, I'm all right tired i mean that game jazzed me up but uh i don't know i had some nashville hot chicken during the game i think that i'm gonna pay for that a little later yeah but uh you know other than that everything's okay
2: man it felt like a, it felt like a victory and a loss i mean it felt like a victory it was a small victory because guys stepped up so i mean i can't complain about that plus 30-0 run i mean we would think you would get that out of a bunch. Of- I mean, we're never like statistically speaking, we will never
1: see that ever again. Yeah. Like I want that was one of the most. You know, I was kind of here. I realized I forgot to set up all my YouTube stuff, so I went upstairs and started messing with that. And I'm like, well, the Mavs are gonna die, and I'm gonna have to be like, hey, the Mavericks got blown out for the fifth time in seven games. What do we make of this? And it was just sort of a thing, and you know, it's it's it was it was pretty. um. Pretty wild to watch that happen, um, you know. There's a lot of like, I, I guess it feels like a win in the fact that they didn't die. But the fact is, like, how about you just don't get not to be a shit stir? Because if you're happy, I want you to be happy. But like, could we could
2: we play some defense one day? One day, you know what? And man, Kirk, you, you stole my thunder to think about this. I mean, Oklahoma City just got to the goal however they wanted, but. I mean it's the way that they did it. I mean, I'm not I'm not a, you know, super technical basketball guy, but I can tell when you, when a defender's on a guy's hip and he's just constantly driving and it happens all four quarters, you know, that kind of goes back to, you know, Oklahoma City just using just super fundamentals. And I mean, the person I think about that just like is super at keeping people on their hip is like Damian Lillard. He dribbles, you know, kind of sideways and he gets the defenders on his hips and you know, once they're kind of locked in, he can do what he wants. And it just seems like Oklahoma City just kind of stole a page out of his book. And every time. Oh,
1: Shay Gillies Alexander, I, I like that dame comp because I get furious at dame calls because I think he, he gets fouled all the time. Only because he's 180 pounds, I think he gets the benefit of the doubt more than just about everybody else. Yeah. Shay is the same way. Shay's ability to use like herky jerky and pace and just sort of like man, he, how many guys did he get off, off their feet on like second and third and fourth pump fakes that he would then draw a foul? It's like, you can't be mad watching it because it's not grifting. It's not like locking dudes' arms in and stuff. It's just how you're taught to play basketball only executed in a way
2: that's nearly perfect and nobody plays it like that anymore. I kind of wonder, it seemed like, I don't know kid went into panic mode, but it kind of seems like he was, you know, kind of, you know, you press the emergency button because think about this, they ended up going to zone. They couldn't trap, they couldn't play men, and they ended up going to zone. And that's kind of when they, you know, uh, went on their little run. So, mm-hmm. you know, the few timeouts that he did take, I kind of wondered what the conversation was because – well, because yeah. at a certain point, it's like, guys, you got to hit
1: open shots. The Mavericks are giving you shots. You need to take them, and you need to hit them. And they were blitzing so weirdly, and it was such a weird lineup that I think no one really knew where it was coming. Like, when, when Luka Doncic is challenging you hard at the three-point line, that's got to be really fucking confusing. Pardon my language. Because it's just like, he doesn't do that. And he's, like, scrambling and hands all like akimbo. It's like, what is going on? And so, it, the, I... What I was surprised that Oklahoma was doing was they kept sending that double at Luca because Luca was just destroying it. And well, I mean, to be, to be clear, Luca was making the right read and then his teammates, all of them, nearly all of them did the right thing the whole time.
2: That was pretty incredible.
1: incredible. I would
2: never see that. And plus, you know, the trust that he had in a bunch of young guys to, to pass the ball because I feel like Luca is, is confident enough to, you know, you know, he feels like he could cook and just, you know, burn those two dudes. But, you know, they're picking them up right after half court, and Luca's being mindful and just, like, dishing it out to guys on the three and they're hitting their, hitting their shots, getting dunked, stuff like that. They weren't the best shots and in the you know, first half. They were missing a bunch. But, you know, when they kind of found their groove, you know, it kind of paid off, you know, him sticking to the young guys and, and letting them cook. But, you know, I kind of wonder if – him not playing pal was a message like, hey, you know, you you got the contract, but you're getting sat for a bunch of G League guys. He you also just I mean? can't
1: he can't do anything though. It's not really his fault. <laughs> he just doesn't really do anything against those sorts of lineups. And right. you know, the I, I did like the fact that they played with sort of like a reckless energy uh in that fourth quarter. But that the the as much as I enjoyed it and I did enjoy it. I don't know what you take away from it because I don't think you can – like you can't play zone against NBA teams. You just can't, you can't because it. it's like they, they're too good. It, you can st- you can annoy teams with it for a section and you can kind of be, confuse them, but the best teams figure it out.
2: God, it feels like it was basketball 101, the way they just schooled Dallas all night on offense. Mm-hmm. It's like you, the stuff that you – I mean, they're NBA players, so they definitely know how to play defense but the way the Oklahoma city just kind of just ripped through every type of defense was just kind of like a, if I was a coach and I wanted my kids to learn fundamentals of offense, I would tell them to watch Oklahoma city. I mean, how many open threes like
1: they were just shooting open threes all night long. Hold on. Keep, keep talking. My dog has rang her doorbell like four times. But
2: the, but the thing to me is how they just kind of just went down the paint and just constantly just got rebounds, putbacks. I mean, it was offensive putback. It was tipbacks. It was, Everything you could think about that could go on in the paint went on in the paint. Mm-hmm. But the, the main thing that caught my attention is between Oklahoma City and Dallas is Oklahoma City, when they got the ball, the ball never moved. It was always on the floor. It was always moving until a shot was taken. When Dallas got the ball, it was either some type of hesitation to a three or it seemed like it was a shot that they had to force. Yeah, The ball flow for Oklahoma City was just amazing. You know? Well, I mean,
1: they're I mean, they're good. They have so much better talent top to bottom and talent that connects in a way that's really interesting. I mean, you get a guy like Lou, Do- Lou Dort, who is – I'm pretty sure he was undrafted. But Lou Dort's the kind of guy you got to get – not like – I mean lucky. Yeah, you, you kind of got to get lucky with in a team build because he makes a lot of things work that otherwise like some of the dra- uh, drafted guys don't bring to the table. But you just watch the way their team's built, and it's its just so easy to be jealous of them because – it. <sighs> I don't know. I, I They've played kind of below. They shouldn't have finished as low as they did last year. You know, I think they missed the playoffs, too. But they weren't they, – they, they're really – like, they're going to be really annoying to have to play the next several years.
2: They're just so good at this. I thought Sacramento was going to be that annoying team, but it seems like Oklahoma City is going to be kind of that annoying team because their height and their talent, and plus, you know, Shea Alexander Gilchrist is, you know, kind of turning into like a – person to be reckoned with it seems like these other teams don't have what they have you know their chemistry and and willing to buy into you know playing in the small market and you know overcoming mm-hmm. these odds I mean it, it don't seem like uh other teams in the west have that type of talent I mean it, the west is definitely deep and definitely talented you know like Sacramento and, and, mm-hmm. and some more teams but Oklahoma City are, are kind of different with yeah. that height and that athleticism it's, it's going to be something to, to worry are- about.
1: Oh, I really I really like their team. They're they're gonna be the team that I because you know, every team on kind of their, their path towards being a contender, there's like a certain point in time where they become sort of the villain. I don't know, I don't see that coming for Oklahoma anytime soon because they're just really fun. Like they're just and they and you you mentioned it, they play they play the game in a way that you know the old school right way. They do a lot of stuff really well. And they're led by a guy in, in Shea Gillis Alexander who is as much and I love Luca. Luke. Luke's one of my three favorite players uh, that I've ever seen. But he gets foul calls because he doesn't complain. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I mean, one of the things that was talked about, and, and I, I gotta I'm gonna bring up my friend Matt next, but one of the things that I thought was talked about tonight in the other chat during the the postgame show was this kind of felt like one of the more adult games Luca's ever had. And the right. fact that it coincided with the fact that he's a new dad now is like very, very funny. Um like, of course, but it, it it was one of the first time. Granted, he still bitched the rest like three or four times like, relentlessly, but there wasn't, you know, there's like getting back in transition and like just kind of doing the things that he needed to do to be an effective basketball player. And it was really fun to watch that, um, to watch him actually do that for real. And like, if, if you get a Luka that's that kind of locked in, he's not going to play 46 minutes, but if you can get 36 minutes out of Luka that kind of locked in, that is a potential MVP player. I don't think he's played like an MVP to date. I think the numbers are there, but I don't think he's played like an – like he's just – you watch what Jokic does. You watch what Giannis does. You watch what um, – I mean, to a certain degree, maybe like Booker and Tatum. And like night and night out, it's just it's different. And so, I'd like tonight was one of the first times in a, like probably since that seven-game win streak last year uh, before the Mavericks died um, where I really was like, Lucas is that dude? And and it was nice to see.
2: Yeah. And you know what those those – those free throws came at I wonder I don't I know in the like in the third day they, they at that time they had missed like twelve, but man, that's the testimony of you gotta hit your free throws. Oh they yeah. They throws. did. They
1: were they were twenty three for for thirty five, just some real rough goes. But then again,
2: they also shot thirty five free throws, which feels a bit like God. Did you hear what he said? I, Cooper Cena said I think he said that Lucas like fourth all time for most free throws mate, if I'm not mistaken. For who? For which team? For I could be wrong, but it sounds like right now he's fourth all time for free throws made for the Mavericks. I think I could be wrong. It sounds like you said in the NBA. That's a good question. No, no,
1: no. Think he's like he that. only played. He's only like this season. Maybe he's up there shooting a lot, but even then, he's not done that well.
2: So, okay.
1: well, hey, man, thank you for uh, for hanging out. You got anything else for us? No,
2: that's it, Kirk. Thank you. Man.
1: All right, we'll talk soon. All right, we got a couple people I want to shout out in the chat. We got. um, got my friend, Kevin Gray. You guys should know him. He is um, up on the, the local Dallas station here. I think he does the the pre and post game show for them over there. Kevin, what is going on? We got my friend, um, what's what's uh, TGK? Uh, Mr. Garcia, thank you so much for joining the show. Good to hang out here tonight. All right, I'm going to bring up my friend, Matt. Um, you guys know him from the Action Network. And a lot of you like to yell at him. Hey, man. What's going How's on? How's it going? It's fine. Tired, actually, not that. I mean, I, I was really tired, and then I had to wrestle a dog into a bath. <laughs> that was that was no, what I did. Your dog has a doorbell. Yeah, well, to to let it go outside. Yeah, otherwise, well, I mean, she doesn't do anything else right, but she
3: can ring that door. And when when it's where the hell is she? Oh well, we'll that makes her better. That point. makes her better than Jason Kidd. And after in uh, after timeout plays.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know that that play was an incredible steal
3: it was like, i went and watched but that like, you made, you made it because you were on shows so uh sga said typically in the nba with that inbound you come up and you get a down screen someone pops up it's like a script like they just run it you can tell if they're lackadaisical with it and if they were i was going to get a steal and i'm like i that's do you,
1: do you remember the the draymond green yeah, call yeah, so yeah. for those of you those of you who may not know this Against the Bucks, I want to say it was year two or year three of Jason Kidd's tenure when things really started to get dark there. They lost a game to the Bucks lost a game to the Warriors where um where I'm gonna go find this. I'm gonna to fucking write about this after the game. Where uh um god damn it, Draymond Green essentially said, like they run two plays. We know what they are. Yeah. Like just really just murdering Jason Kidd on live television. it was
3: it's it's really something. Um. Um, I have a thing for you. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I genuinely think that tonight was probably like a growth game, if nothing else for like like Lively had a good like you got killed on defense, but you did okay in Lively's minutes, and that's been the case this season. So like you have the big and you have the second ball handler next to Luca. So, like, I don't know how you do it because you have to manage the money and you have to manage the assets. But, like, you need to go find the wing, right? Like, I don't think OG is gettable because it's Toronto and yeah. it's Toronto. They don't, they don't trade. They don't, they don't, they yeah. have to win the trade. And that um, means they won't do the trade. Maybe it's Caruso. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just you get another guard and you just play like Luca, defensive guard, Kyrie, wing, lively. Maybe that's it. But, like, all you really need, I think, is one. You need one, D, like, impact defender.
1: I mean, I don't. One of the things I'm a little challenged by. So, it's like two things. There's two things that have happened this year. So, Josh Bow often says, if you're a non shooting or like a poorly shooting wing, you need to like demand to play with Luka because he will raise your statistical right. profile. Like, Derek Jones Jr., like, Derek Jones Jr being a viable player on a minimum contract is a riot. That guy hasn't been able to play anywhere. He's got all of, like this interesting talent. So, the Mavericks are making him work and that's been interesting. But then on the flip side, they brought in Grant Williams and he was kind of their marquee signing. You know, they they trade they sent that unprotected pick swap in 2030 to the Spurs, which is a secret specter that just hangs out in the back of my head where I will be 40 40- I'll be 47 and that will kill me. Like, that's what will give me the heart attack is when the Spurs get the Mavericks number. The first time they win the the NBA lottery and it's the number one overall pick in 2030. Um, And Grant has been up and down in a really uncomfortable way where he's been like wildly important. And then he has like, he was so bad tonight. Like, did, did you look at anything? He did like what, like five points and one rebound. Like what? What would you say you do here, Bob? Yeah. Like, it's like, it, like like Grant Williams is the guy who takes the specs to the customer. Like he doesn't do, like he's not done anything. Like he right. talks a big game and he kind of pisses me off. Like I bet he'll wear a Batman suit in soon. I just, I need a little more from these guys that they bring in to do stuff. And that's where it's like, you know, you, you and I've talked about this on and off for years. The lively thing makes it very clear that they should have brought in a actual finishing big like a John Collins Years ago. Yeah. Um, But the wing part, I don't necessarily know if I can be too mad about them about it because it's ne- like that's the position. That is the position. And it's really hard to find.
3: Yeah, it's tough. I agree. Um, I do think, though, that they're in a unique position where a lot of these teams, I think, have to weigh, like, how much do you give up? Yeah. Right. Like, they have to be like, well, you know, like Memphis last year, we had to be like, well, we're going to have to pay Desmond and Jaron and Ja. Like we can't afford to bring in OG on top of that if it's gonna be if it's gonna cost us four draft picks, Mm -hmm. you know, like then we won't have anything. Um, which maybe they should have done because maybe they would be a dumpster fire this year. Um and then like New Orleans, similar kind of deal where it's like they have Zion uh and they're gonna want to keep BI, even though I don't think they should, and they have Herb Jones who they just extended, and they're gonna have to extend Trey Murphy, right? So like they have these restrictions. The Mavs don't have that like the only young guy that you can look on the roster and be like, yeah, you definitely want to keep him right now. At least maybe Jaden pops, maybe Josh gets his head on straight, but like no. the only guy that you really look at is lively. You're mm-hmm. just like, yes, this is going to work. Yeah. Um. So like, maybe they're in a position to give up too many assets and be the team that gets a guy like OG. If it's not OG, maybe it's somebody else like lo- going down the list. It's like tough to find those guys because you're right. Like they're very, like they're valued. Absolutely. They're hundred percent valued in the league, but I do think like that, that would fix a lot of the issues, even though I'm more of a systemic guy, like I'm much more of a defensive systemic. You got to figure it out. But like, there are signs that you can actually make this work. You just got to be able to, I think you do need to be able to compensate a little bit on the perimeter, What you can't have, is you can't have like Kyrie or Luca gets beat. And so lively makes a rotation over and then the ball kicks. And then the other guy gets beat. And that's what, that's what happens on repeat. It is. It's not the helper. It's the,
1: it's the, what's, what did my high school coach call it? helping the helper. It's like that, that second and third rotation that becomes a disaster show. And the way that they made it to the conference finals was they had Dorian Finney Smith and Reggie Bullock trading off point of attack defense. And then one of the two of them was basically incredibly at helping and it made everybody else look a little better. And, and Kevin gray says, bring Dodo back home. And like, I, if you want to see how mad I can get Kevin, I recommend the Mavericks do that. I just, I just do. Like, if you want to laugh, like, tune in for that fucking show. Trading, trading away a first round pick for Kyrie Irving, only to then send away another pick for the guy that you sent for cut. Ky- like, no. Yeah. Sorry. Can't do, that. Can't do no, that. Well, they, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if it's financially feasible, but it's just, it's like, that's where it goes to show, you know, talking about this team is very, very frustrating because, they got lucky in the in the draft, and they they which is what they needed. But then you start to see that they're they will kind of continuously pay for the sins of previous team buildings, like like team building issues, where donnie Nelson and Mark Cuban and Heralibab Vulgaris and whatever conglomerate of people made these choices were not on the same page, like. Yeah. You and I know because we've talked to people, one person in particular, doesn't matter who it is, but we both talk to the same person. In 2019-20, the Dallas Mavericks thought they were at least like a season and a half ahead of everybody else by playing five-out basketball, yeah. and then that didn't matter by the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just so frustrating because um what where the league is right now If you if you consider the nugget, like you can't really emulate the nugget's success because Jokic is such a unique piece. But if you look at how the the nuggets built, which is skilled size, yeah, that's just that's not that's not a thing that's out there. I mean, it it, like every I was so excited for the Mavericks to get Olivier Maxence Prosper and he because he's huge, but then you watch him play basketball and he attacks closeouts like like like, what, how do you say his name? Dollism from Street Fighter 2. It's just like, Wah! And it's like, what are we doing? Yeah. Uh, but he'll, you
3: know, he will get better at that because, like, it's yeah, yeah, sure. the number one improvement thing for rookies, right? Is like, is, is weak side rotations. I think, um, one of the things that I don't really know is like, Grant was very well. Like, one of the reasons everyone was like, hey, the Mavericks did really well this summer was not just the draft, but it was also Grant. Like, he was getting Seth and it was getting Grant. Um, what is it you think that they're not doing with grant or is grant not doing, is it just like, he's not hitting shots? Is it they don't, he's not, you know, operating as like a secondary connector. Like, are there ways that they can use him better? What do you think is like the missing piece here for grant? Cause like grant's got to be more impactful than he is. Like he's just got to be more impactful than one of six from the field, one board, one rebound in 26 minutes. He's I think gotta, it like, be... You gotta get more. I... I think
1: they need to use him as the screener more and get him involved in some of those short roll situations. That'd be something I'd like to see Um, when he's, he's out there kind of standing in the corner a lot. And I don't know. Luca is the one who's calling a lot of these plays. Like, like that's just a thing. Um, And he tends to, Luca will go back to the well over and over and over again when a thing is working. Um I don't really have a lot of feel because it's, it's when you got Luca and Kyrie handling the ball, that's so much of your decision-making that's already soaked up. And I, I don't know. I, it's tough for me because they don't run a lot. Like so much of their action is pick and roll heavy, which is fine. But what that really ends up meaning is there's at least two guys not moving. And that is, that just that bites you in the ass more than like the the tighter the game gets because it just it becomes scoutable for me so I'm not really sure I I also because I've just I mean I've watched six years of like Spain pick and roll I'm like
3: like is is there another offense is that is that a thing that's allowed right. Yeah, I think it's um the short roll stuff tonight was really fascinating because the Thunder did it to them all in that first half and the Mavs could not figure it out. And Luca had like, he had passes to the weak side that went high out of bounds and he had passes. Uh, that got picked off and all these types of things. But usually what teams will do is like, they'll show different looks at a guy. Cause they're like, well, we don't want him to get too comfortable. And the Thunder went the other way. And the Thunder were like, Nope, we're sending two and three at you all the time. Don't care. Don't care that you've seen this all night. We're going to keep doing. And then Lucas starts hitting like short roll, short roll up, you know, cross court corner kick, like, All of these passes to create to leverage and then punish the defense. And the Thunder just kept running it at him because their kind of their gambit was you're not going to get enough supporting help. Like you're not going to get not enough guy if we are able to able to defend lively. And he made it tough on him. He outplayed Chet. But if we're able to to make other guys win, especially I think without Kyrie, like we can win that battle. Which is like what's really fascinating about this is just like okay so you put that in your pocket and be like maybe we just only do this one thing versus luca even though he gets he sees it because like he tore it up with some really great ingenious passes late in the game that uh your guy matt was talking about on the the main show um but it's also just like it's really interesting to see a coach basically say no like we we are so concerned with you getting downhill and drawing fouls that we're going to force a wall and we're just going to live with it. You don't see that a lot in a regular season. Like, there's a lot about tonight you don't see. Like Luca played the most minutes of any guy in November since 2007. Like all of these things, like this is an exceptional environment and game, and it felt like both teams were, even with the Maz being shorthanded, most teams were really invested in winning. And so like the outcomes of it – even though you're right, you can't take much away because of the Mavs were missing guys, and it's just like another game, and it's a crazy sequence with 30 Um, But it was like, there's a lot of interesting stuff I think to come out of it for down the line, I think. Are you muted? You're muted.
1: Hey, you're telling me on my own show this. Awesome. Um, this was the first game in a long time that I'd felt when, because Luca obviously, I'm, I'm pretty sure that just due to like the and we don't have access to the same kind of tracking data because the nba is doing this new stuff this year But last year luca was in like the top three guys who saw double teams in games Mm, yeah and so it's not like new but i will say that this was the first extended stretch that i can remember in some time where it was like oh this is what it can look like when you have teammates that know how to do stuff
4: yeah and like yeah. Dwight
1: Powell has been fine, but it's like, you know, when he's the short role man, he's gonna pass the ball. Like yeah. that's not, he's not going to go attack the rim like lively. So that he see him do something like that was particularly interesting. Um, I will like, it's gotta be said out loud. Like the Mavericks got a pretty great whistle tonight. And that is, you know, they shot a ton of free throws. They left enough out on the court. They shot 35 free throws and they they missed 12. Right. Um, and when you lose a game by six, that hurts. They also gave uh, the Thunder. Also had D- Davis Bertheim shooting six free throws. That will tell you how many like free throws they actually shot. Um, it's just that I mean the, the the Mavericks have pieces of something, but I don't have enough confidence in uh, right now in in knowing what's going to happen because I mentioned this to you yesterday, and they the uh, Brian Damaris talked about it after the show. The Mavericks play, I think, fourteen games in the next twenty three days. Yeah. And like, that's, that's, that sucks.
3: The Nuggets had like, the Nuggets had like 11 in 15, I think. Like they either had to jam teams before the IST or after. mm -hmm. And so like, that's what the schedule looks like is everybody's jammed before or after the IST and then it evens out after January 1st.
1: Dallas gets a little lucky in some of whom, who they're playing. Like after the, the in season tournament, the, they, they play Portland and Utah in those two games that they get, which are. Both, I will say, winnable games is, where I, is how I will phrase it. I don't want to say they will always win because of Luka. Luka often plays down to these garbage teams. That's one of the things they've actually done this year is is play well, with the exception of the Memphis game yesterday, which was just the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Um, shout, shout out to David Roddy, always having the best game of his career against the Dallas Mavericks um all right i got like three more people and i can tell my wife's already mad at me what else uh what else do you, you want to fire off before uh nope. I, I, i'm I good man away. get the rest of your people have a all good right. one guys this is matt moore he's over at the action network uh now i'm being uh joined i, I clicked harris's name too quickly harris <laughs> welcome to the show how you doing hey kirk i'm good how are you i am whipped but i'm
5: i you know that'll happen yeah so i i heard you talking you and matt talking about uh the big wing we need and OG is obviously like the perfect fit, but I'm thinking a guy that is gettable and probably wouldn't cost too much is Jeremy Grant. He's not as switchable as OG is, but the weak side protection. He can shot locker, He can be a small five when we want to go, and that like Grant play like the small four instead of being the small five, where he's 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 too small to play even if he's strong. And then even if you're trading someone like Tim, he uh, Jeremy Grant takes enough high volume three point shots, and he's good enough to do that uh, like percentage wise, that it w- it w- would not hurt you too much. And even though he's not like a, he's more of a play finisher then he doesn't need a ball in his hands like Luca Kyrie does, but you can also kind of like let him cook when he's just uh, just him or Kyrie or Luca on the field. So I don't I don't know if the defense is gonna be like amazing, but like if you put him and like Derrick Jones. As the two starters next to Luca Kyrie and Lively, I think that's like solid enough.
1: Getting getting the thirty-ish million though to trade for him is tough. He makes I, he mm-hmm. he makes five year one hundred and sixty million dollar contract.
5: Mm-hmm. I mean it's, it, it'll be like Rashawn Holmes and Tim, or you probably have that's to. That's true. I forget yeah.
1: Rashawn exists, mm-hmm. which I shouldn't because he's a second string center yeah. now.
5: But I'm like thinking like like how what do you think his value is like is it w- one pick and an uh, asset or less than that or it it can't be that much with the grant, i don't think i don't
1: think grants can be that high because grant yeah. is you know he's 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 very clearly mm-hmm. respect him on this he's very clearly chased some money um yeah. his past two deals and you know like he like the mavericks i think were interested in him at one point in time and he chased the biggest contract available so I'm not sure. I'm not sure that Portland situation is really bleak, and it's like mm-hmm. is he happy? Is he happy up there, just getting getting the shots that he's getting, and that's all? I mean, I'm not. I earnestly have no idea on that one. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to give up a pick because I think you give up a pick, then you. I, I sort of want to eat. I almost don't want Dallas to give up a pick. Period because I want them to get as many assets they can have going into like next year. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, you know, they're playing well enough now to where I think unless like the world explodes, they're going to have to send New York, their pick this in the 2024 season. So then that just, that opens up more possibilities. And that's, that's where my head is.
5: Would you give away like any of the young guys? Like, like what if you gave Omax and Hardy? Yes. All of them go away. Anyone but lively. That's like what I'm thinking. Like, because you could probably get away with not giving up too much with him and maybe, like, a pick swap instead of an actual pick, like in a young guy, and then still have stuff to trade next year. Yeah. Yeah, so. I don't know. I think he's probably, like, the only target that's, like, viable for us, I think. That's an
1: interesting – yeah, and – I'm regretfully
5: going to have to ask Dalton Trigg about this.
1: And then I'm sure Dalton, our our man over at DallasBasketball.com, will then write 30 trade articles about about him over the next several months because it's just uh, the trade market stuff is so difficult because I Mm -hmm. don't think you can realistically start thinking about it until like the end of December because, you know, guys don't really win. They don't become available to trade until like December 15th. Yeah, And then it's like a, it's like a grieving process where you like teams and everybody needs to like come in and figure this out on the, um, and, and basically try to figure out it together. And, and it just takes them a while to get there.
5: So yeah. Well, Harris, thanks so much. You got anything else for us? Um, no, I mean, was that the game? It was really annoying for most of it. Yeah. I'm but... Painful and purple. That, that looked like a heck of a crowd, man. It was it was pretty. It it was slow at the beginning, but I mean, whenever they make their runs, like it was yeah. Really exciting. Yeah, like it it felt weird because like at the beginning of the game and like the third quarter, when we had all our starters in, we were playing well. It's just as soon as you threw one bench guy in, when we're so depleted in the bench, like it's like oh, we're we're screwed. Like we can't. Hardy the Hardy, the Hardy
1: yeah. thing is so tough because yeah. it's just I feel like the guy tries hard, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Do you think? No. Yeah, I mean, it's like people who like him, love him, but he doesn't have the quickness to do anything of note. Now, last year, I thought they put him in a real position to succeed where he mm-hmm. is catching the ball on dry, like catching the ball so he can make quick decisions. Yeah, they're letting him play make and he made some nice passes tonight, mm-hmm. I thought. But. Like, is that really what he's going to be doing? Like, he if you can't get past somebody enough to score on this team, I'm not really sure you should be dribbling yeah i don't know i
5: feel bad for the guy because i like he's not done anything wrong he's no. improved it's just not enough but his shots gone away too like he was like a 40 percent three-point shooter and like 80 an percent free throw shooter And he's the free 100%. throws and he's like 60 percent three free throw shooter now it's like ugh. like yeah, if you yeah. can't at least like if he has shots not falling, he can't he won't like get anyone to get past two because they're not going to be close enough for him
1: yeah no for sure man what a great time! I'm glad. I'm jealous you went to the game. That's that's a pretty good way to spend a spend a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. All right. Thanks so much. Talk yeah, soon. Yeah. Later. Do. All right. Coming up next is does that say Aslan? Is it? Am I? Am I speaking with
6: with the? How are we doing? Yeah. Um. How are you doing, Kirk? I Everything am great. Right?
1: I you know I'm a little, little sleepy because it's one in the morning, but I'll be all right. Uh, I've I've not gotten much sleep the past month anyway. So what's going on? How are you?
6: Uh I'm fine. I actually pulled an all-nighter. It's 8 a.m. right now. Uh I'm in I'm uh from Turkey Turkey an exchange student in Italy, so wow. and, yeah, it's been it's been a fun night, yeah. Did, did, um, did you catch yeah. the game? Uh I actually um I didn't because we went to a house party and then like uh, when we uh, returned we had a like the conversations, which I was the third wheel of course, but uh I mean uh I saw the Nakai Stunkin tweet like a uh, 13-0 uh like run and I was shocked and opened the game like in the middle of uh, the party like uh and then I saw like the last minute and I was shocked like we we were up like one twenty to one sixteen and then like an absolute disgrace, I think, in my opinion. Like ten oh
1: Oklahoma forgot to play basketball for like fifteen minutes. And then they figured out how to play basketball again, and the Mavericks lost. <laughs> it was really, yeah, like, I it was mean, really
6: cool. I mean, I tuned into the game just for uh, see that like uh, that disaster. Mm. It was like uh, shocking, and like uh, I'm actually a Clippers fan, but I'm also a, like huge Luka fan. So uh, I I missed the uh, Paul George game winner, and then I saw this one live. And like uh, it's it's has been like disappointing actually from the basketball standpoint.
1: Yeah, so, that's an accurate description. <laughs> yeah,
6: uh, well, um, I have a question. Uh, we actually had like uh, like some spaces. It was in Turkey. Like I, we were discussing about the MVP conversation. And uh, uh, what do you think about? Uh, I said on one space uh, I had a hot take. Uh, what do you think about uh, Tyrese? Uh, Tyrese's personnel, like. The team around him being better than Dallas's. I, I
1: so you're talking Halliburton up in up in Indiana.
6: Yeah, uh, I I think like uh, the team around him. I think uh, suits uh, Luca more than uh, the team right now. I I think like uh, having Buddy Hield instead of Tamar the way like uh, as a flamethrower oh, wow. or like. Yeah. I mean,
1: Buddy Heald is going to like – everyone's going to miss him when he's gone because I don't think people understand just how incredible a shooter he really is. But, yeah, that's one. I mean, they have they they have more athleticism with guys that like going at the rim than the Mavericks do, and I think that can really play into to elements of what Luka likes to do when he's in the fast break. But, I mean, there's got to be something to the fact that The Mavs have played this way for five-plus years where guys are in the corners shooting threes, and I think that Luca has a say in that. Um, I do sort of wish, and I think it'll happen eventually, I hope it'll happen, that the Mavericks will get more guys like Derrick Jones Jr. who are willing to go at the rim from the corners and the wings, because that helps a lot more. Um, Who's the guy that Indiana traded for from the New York Knicks?
6: Uh, Obitoppen. Like
1: Obi Toppin and, and Luca yes. would have so much fun, and he's yeah, having like a great that's time. That's what I with... imagined about. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I like the take, but I'm I'm curious. See, there's a reason the Dallas Mavericks like almost uh, H- about Vulgaris swears in his life. The Mavericks tried to sell the house to go get Tyrese Halliburton. He wanted to pair Halliburton and Luca together.
7: Oh like, my god! Well, yeah, he insisted I know.
1: It. So, it's, what a what if situation.
6: Yeah, I mean, they told me like uh, we have Kyrie, but uh, I think like when you compare the rest of the team, like Obi Toppin versus Derrick Jones, and like uh, mm-hmm. Buddy Hill instead of like the whoever starting at the small forward position, or like Miles Turner versus Derrick Der- Der- Lively, like uh, and the bench. I guess I mean um, uh, I'm I'm confident in my uh, take. I guess.
1: Yeah.
6: I don't know. I like but, it.
1: Uh, it's a good
6: take. I mean, because like uh, they were putting. So over the, over Luca and David, conversation, I was like, they are like seventh or like they're nine and eight. So, I mean, it's, uh, I, I was shocked, but I, am a Luca fan. So a bit bias is there also, I don't know.
1: Well, I, I'm, I'm glad you joined though. This is, this is fun. Um, appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a long time
6: lurker. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, for, um, actually. Uh, I want to con- congratulate you on your uh, child. Uh, hey, I thank this you. For yeah. <laughs> very and, very uh, kind of you. You, uh, I think you told me that uh, like the first child was uh, not me, but uh, to someone else. That uh, the first child was a bit chaotic, and the second child is more calm, patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that,
1: that's an understatement. My 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 first child, he's seven now, and he's just a tornado to this day, and was from the moment he he was
6: born. This one is low key. Yeah, actually, like, uh, my mom always tell me because uh, me, my brother is, like, the the other way around. And, like, uh, she actually, my mother, uh, some nights, she thought, like, she uh, thought, like, she was scared as hell that I was uh, dead because I was sleeping so deep. Like, and I was her first child.
1: I need that. Um, I need that
6: problem. I need that problem in my life.
1: Man, thank you so much for joining. I hope you're, uh, I hope you're not too tired for the rest of your day.
6: No, I mean, I will go to the gym now, I think, because I can't sleep uh, after now. That so helps impossible. a lot.
1: The New York times I read, this is, you know, who cares? It's one in the morning. The uh, I read the story <laughs> in the, I read the story in the New York times about how regular exercise really helps with, if you're a person who has normal sleep deficits. And I've been pretty good for the last two years about doing that. And I've, you know, I've, like I said, I haven't slept in a month and I haven't gone in crazy yet. So, and it's largely, I think the gym stuff helps. That's a good idea.
6: All right, man. You have well, a good uh, day. I, we'll talk soon. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, well, uh, see you later. If I.
1: Oh, sorry. M- punted Aslan too quick. I brought him up too quick. Oh, that was, I brought the other guy up too quick. All right. So, coming up next, I got um, Brian who, uh I just don't know if we got a video for Brian. Brian, what's up, man? Yo, I'm in my car. Help the audio because
8: I know I can be weird when I'm on the highway.
1: No, this is great. This sounds like you're a, uh, a a radio caller, and I'm an actual, like, like sports talk radio person. This is fantastic.
8: Nice. Okay, cool. First time long, time. How's it going?
1: <laughs> What's up, man?
8: Man, Kirk, I got to tell you, I'm starting to feel like a jinx.
1: Because
8: sure. I told myself I was not going to put myself through this filth after that last embarrassing display, right? After that basketball terrorist, Kyrie Irving. Uh, stole a game check in the Memphis game, right? I said, I'm going to go out and kick it at a barcade with my friend. I'm going to have a good night no matter what. The Mavericks cannot hurt me tonight. And then I checked, I watched the first quarter before I leave, right? And I'm like, oh, okay. Lucas playing well at the very least. We're keeping pace. This is cool. Then we get very early into the second, and they get on that. Uh, Tom Foolery again on defense. And okay, see, runs off like nine points in a row. and I'm like, all right, time to go to the bar. So <laughs> that's what I do. I throw my clothes on. I get to the bar. I check my phone uh, an hour into being at the bar. And it is looking like, I think it, it, the score is like 79 to 58, something like that. And I'm like, yep, I was right to go outside. That's right. And then I look again 25 minutes later, and it says the average on a 15-0 run. I said, what? And then I check again 10 minutes later, and it says there was a 30 to nothing run. So I'm, I'm like, it feels like between this game and the Lakers game the day before Thanksgiving, they do this when I don't watch or when I find something else to do during the game when I'm certain that we're going to lose the game. But I'm, I'm there are a couple things from this game that I'm going to take with me, even though I didn't necessarily get to watch. Uh, Derek Lively beat the shit out of the Chet for the second straight time, if you include Summer League. Love yep. that. Great. Uh, I hope on all these little Rookie of the Year ladder articles that NBA.com and Zach Lowe and Ryan Winhorse that everybody's writing, I hope that they include that part that every time they played each other head-to-head, Derek Lobby beat the shit out of Chet. That, that, that was like, I would like for that to be included. Uh, the best player on the court tonight was very clear, and it was not Shea Gildas, Alexander. I don't know if Tim Bontemps was watching and noticed this, but I hope he notices this. We didn't win the game, but I'm going to take what I can get, right? Yeah. Uh, Derek Jones Jr., look, Derek Jones Jr. is slander-free from me for the rest of his career. Because when things get tough, right, when games aren't going well, when we need somebody of our, like among our wing players to step up, it's usually him. So I'm never going to slander that man again because between Josh and Lacey Grant, right, like apparently he's the only one that can play with some shame. And he had 24 tonight. He was awesome. They were – OKC okay. so decided they were going to double, triple-team Luka. They were going to help off of him every time from the three-point line, and he made them pay. And I was really happy about him being able to do that. A.J. Lawson finally got an opportunity tonight, and he played really well. So I was super excited for him, uh, and that just solidified for me. I think I mentioned this in uh, – and sorry if I'm yelling. I don't know if I'm too loud. No,
1: upset. this is great. This is best. Uh, <laughs>
8: Yeah, uh, you can tell about it for Bruce. i um, you know, uh, but uh, one thing that's kind of solidified for me, I actually brought this up before the game uh, to some of my friends in like a group DM among like some Mavs Twitter mutuals. I was like, hey man, should uh should Omax and Jaden Hardy have been like in the G League this entire time this year? Because I feel like there's so much that both of them, like they each bring like a competent skill to uh, the regular rotation that when they're on really helps, but when they're off, it it's like they just don't look like they belong in an NBA court and they need more time and more space and more reps to work those things out. And I was bullish on once because you know, it's December first. We're getting close to December fifteenth, which is uh the unofficial, you know, blowing whistle, starting whistle for a trade season. I was right. like, you know what? i finally come around to the idea, all right, Jaden Hardy can't be, like, this untouchable young asset. If he's got to go to bring in a guy that we like, hell, even even a guy that just, like, shores up a rotational weakness just in the short term.
1: Dude, we have, like, nine rotational weaknesses. Come on. What are you doing? Yeah, well, well, that's the thing. So, like, whatever we can do to solve
8: <laughs> any of them, you know, we take it step by step. If he's got to go to make that happen, he's just got to go, and I've come to terms with that. I'm starting to come to the point with Omax where it's like, I love Omax. I think he's a great dude. I think he's going to be a really good NBA player one day. But he is like a year and a half to two years away from being an NBA player, and that's just not the timeline that we're on right now, as long as Kyrie is on this roster. Uh, So I've come to the point where I'm like, you know what? if you're not Kyrie, if you're not Luka Doncic, if you're not Derek Lively, and quite frankly, Kyrie, like, just as a quick aside, after that Minch's game, brother, look, you mentioned you tweaked your foot in the first quarter or at the end of the first quarter, which, you know, doesn't really matter much, because he played like shit in the first quarter, too. Right? Before he heard it. Uh, So...
1: Full game. Yeah.
8: Yeah, look, man, you tweaked it. I'm, I'm not going to question you because you've been, like, an NBA player for so long. You know your body better than anybody. If you didn't feel like you were 100%, I get it. But at the same time, you better come out in this next game and ball out because Luka shows you what the fuck it's supposed to look like when a star is in with a bunch of scrubs, and he's not
5: supposed to blend in with the scrubs, right? So right. Kyrie Irving,
8: you've got to get your shit together, heal up, do whatever you got to do, you know what I'm saying? But the next time you step on that court, it better be Buckets, or we finna go crazy on Fanspo with you, my boy. Like, you're going to be in this trading machine. I hate to say it, but, like, Luka, Lively, and then Kyrie are the only kind of, like, untouchables. At this point, everybody else can go if it gets us what we need, whether that be OG, which unlikely. You know, that, that dream is kind of dead, but I'm still holding on. Sure. Uh, Jeremy Grant, which Oslan uh, just mentioned, who I think would be a good addition
3: At this point, even if we have to send Tim out to get him, we know he's a shot-chucker, so he's going to
8: replace Tim's uh, three-point volume, which, you know, that's good. Kyle Kuzma, who I think will be a really good addition to this team, not just because he'll get shots up, but because he's an awesome rebounder for a wing, and that's something we are sorely lacking, right? Whatever it's got to be, all of these guys are available at this point. Uh, So, and I, I hope that Nico is aware of that. Because we've got other guys, you know, A.J. Lawson just came in and had a really good game in his first, like, NBA action in damn near, like, half a calendar year, right? Since he was yeah. playing at the end of the season last year.
1: Yeah.
8: Uh, Greg Brown has been tearing it up in the G League, right? And, honestly, we're not expecting these guys to come in and be, like, you know, 15-minute uh, a night, 20-minute a night, like, rotation guys. But if they can come in and they can just give you something – for eight to ten minutes a game, and you're not getting that from Jaden Hardy and Omac like these guys who you traded back in the drafts to get and, you know, traded away guys that were in your rotation to get picked at the back end of the first round to get. Like, if they're not able to give you that and these other guys can't, I'm sorry you're expendable at this point. And we've just got to kind of be exploring all of those avenues because this team – like. I was talking about this on Twitter earlier. Uh, a lot of people got fooled by that 8-2 to run to start the game, uh, start the season. And they got tricked into believing that this team is something that is not. This is not a home court team, right? This is not like a 4-seed, a 3-seed, you know? This is still a lot closer to what we believe early on, like a 7 to 9-seed. Hopefully like a 7-seed, maybe a 6-seed. Who knows? The West is looking kind of rocky. And... We stacked up some wins early, so maybe that plays in our favor. But yeah, we we have a lot to do still with this roster, even as much as we improved it over the summer. But I feel like we have the assets necessary to make some of those moves now and go into the summer. You know, being able to.
1: Hey man, like, I'm losing. I'm losing you hard.
8: Oh no! Wait, hold on.
1: Hey, it's, uh, no, hey, you've been talking. Yeah, you're all right. You're all right, though, man. We we how what what finish, finish Go ahead and finish up. There, you sound clear.
8: Okay, good. No, I I was pretty much wrapped. I just I was encouraged by I can't say saw, but by what I heard happen in this game, and yeah, I've just kind of come to the point where some of these guys that we love and we hold dearly, especially the young guys. We just got to, like, come to terms with the fact that they're going to be available this trade season, and, frankly, they're not going to be as valuable as a lot of us would like to believe that they are. And if we're going to get the kinds of players that are actually going to be able to round out some of these issues we have, some to a lot of them are kind of going to have to go. And that's just kind of what it is at this point. But we played really well tonight, even if we didn't get the win. So, I'm going to just be excited for that because coming off that Memphis game, I'll take damn near anything at this point.
1: I understand, man. I understand. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out.
8: Thanks for having me, Kirk. Appreciate it.
1: Drive safe. All right. Talk soon. Okay. I um, yeah, love, love, love a YouTube caller uh, and on the phone. All right. So we got uh, – does that say Hot Pot Casino coming up here? in a second and then we got krishna but guys i just i gotta read this to you because i'm a shit sir and it's and we're an hour into this chat so sga made an absolutely brilliant play at the end of the game taking the ball from derrick jones jr we all saw it it was the crushing it was just it was crushing That was one of the dumbest fucking things i've seen all season um sga had this to say about the play typically in the nba with that inbound you come and you get a down screen somebody pops up it's like a script they just run it. You can tell if they're go with it. And they were, and I was going to, and if they were, I was going to try and steal it. That's brutal. That's a brutal indictment on the, on the play. And he's right. But it calls to mind a very famous situation from Draymond Green in 2016. He had this to say about Jason Kidd's Bucks when he read a play and blew up something that, that uh, allowed them to win a game and uh, basically stole one from the Bucks. He said, Draymond Green said, I already knew what play they were running. They have two plays that they run in situations like that. So needless to say, for as good as the Mavericks, out of timeout situations have been, they could stand to be a lot better. All right, coming up next is Hot Pot. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing?
4: What's up? How you feeling, man?
1: I am okay for 120. Pretty, pretty. I still haven't kind of come down from the the adrenaline of that 30-point run. That was fun.
4: (laughs) Not to be mean, but we allowed y'all to have it. Um, I'm an OKC fan. And okay. thirty thirty oh runs don't happen. I I told somebody that I was like, we're
1: never gonna see a 30 run again.
4: <laughs> Once I saw the spread, I was like, okay, now this makes sense. Because Coach Daggs kept at the top of the key, he kept double teaming Doncic. So I was like, Why are you constantly double teaming Doncic? Just leaving over-over. open wide open threes so it only made sense to me and then i saw the fact that the players weren't really like when y'all stole stole the ball toward the end and i saw Jalen williams and um shy not really hustling to help get the ball back after you know Luca made the shot i was like okay this is kind of weird but you know we had to let y'all get those points in but it was a good game overall
1: i mean i i i have not sure how much of the show you listened to, but in the previous show and in this one, like I just, the thunder at that point in their kind of rise to contender status where it's next to impossible to dislike anything about the team, just a team full of fun guys that play real well and almost too many good guys, like the Dallas Mavericks, don't have that problem. Um, And it's it's just a lot of fun to watch them play. Uh, I, I also am a Shea Gilius Alexander fantasy basketball manager, and I'll tell you, watching that guy's box scores every night is really fun.
4: <laughs> yes, most, most indeed. And let me say something. I never watch y'all play this year. This is my first game watching y'all. But what I will say is y'all have a defensive issue. Like, if y'all could – Sure up that issue with some of the defense i feel like you could really help you alls team out like y'all need maybe like a knowns noel person who can change the trajectory of a shot on the inside i don't know maybe it's just me
1: they no no they have one of the they allow i think the third most points per game in the paint Uh, in the league night in and night out and that's because their wing defenders don't exist uh the mavs were missing four rotation guys tonight now none of them were good at defense so i'm not going to sit here and act like they'd make a difference because this is just going to happen night in and night out most games what the mavericks have ended up doing is what the thunder did to them which is shoot the hell out of the ball on really good shots um because i mean you you saw what happened when they were like the thunder kind of did what they did to Luca tonight. Luka sees a lot of doubles, but he doesn't see him consistently all game. And so what normally happens is the Mavericks play a pretty, you know, they play spread, pick and roll. Luca gets downhill, kicks it out to the corner, ball rotation three, not really hard offense, but they got a lot of pretty decent shooters. Cause like one of them ends up being Kyrie Irving every third attempt. And so you get a guy like that, who's taking your wide open shots. Things are going to go down, but they just don't really have defensive players. Um The center, Derek Lively. I, 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 I am, I, I, just can't be more excited about the re-rise of the the American big man with with Chet Holmgren and Derek Lively. Um, Talk about a class for rookie centers. Good gracious.
4: Um, I'm I'm surprised not to interrupt you, but I'm surprised Luka and Lively didn't run a high pick and roll consistently because it was actually working through the end of the third quarter.
1: They, they were doing it enough in the third quarter letting Lively be the role man where he was sort of making decisions. You know, he had one dunk on Chet that I'm just going to be h- holding on to very tightly because <laughs> it was one of the cooler plays that I've seen this year. Um, yeah. But it was, you know, I mean, the, the, the Thunder are, are a better team on paper. Even if both teams are healthy, there's not really a question of that. But this was... Um, I'm glad it was interesting because the Mavericks have had... If you just like go go check their schedule, they've had some really ugly losses lately, and I'm like, I just I didn't want to do another one. So I'm, I'm, it, I'm, it was it was a fun way to spend a Saturday night, even though I'm sure on your end as a Thunder fan, it was like I've been on uh, the the Mavericks love giving up runs like that. It was it's extraordinarily uncomfortable.
4: It was starting <laughs> to look like the New Orleans game for us, and it was making me kind of nervous. So you know, I mean, at least we came out with a W, but. um you guys, I, I feel like y'all will come on more later. Um, but definitely defensively, I know for sure y'all are kind of lacking there. So we'll they see what happens Yes. Yeah.
1: Hey, thanks for waiting and really appreciate you joining the show.
4: No problem. All
1: right. Have a good night. You too. All right. Coming up last but not least is the man, the myth, the legend, Krishna. I almost kicked him from the studio because I pressed the wrong button. Krishna, what's up, dude?
7: I think muted. You're of um, course i'm muted can you hear that's, me that's fine that's What's great up, dude? that's great i was worried i got a new laptop and for some reason none of the audio drivers are working so i was like you know what screw this i need to come here on for this It doesn't work doesn't work but i'm glad at least it's working but how are you seems like everyone's tired I'll, yeah I'll i mean
1: me. josh bow missed the game tonight and his basically mm-hmm. he, he kind of wanted to know what people think and it's like i i think realistically we should all be really upset because this was another awful loss. Only the Mavericks made it fun as opposed to getting beaten by 20. Instead, what I'm choosing to do is I'm leaning in on the things that were great, like lively, like Luca going bananas, like Derrick Jones, Jr. Becoming a sharpshooter. Um, that those are the things I'm, I'm enjoying. I don't know. I think the lively stuff is portable over into later games. Luca's going to be Luca. Um, but past that, I just the the Mavericks have a lot of problems, and we got to figure out what. And granted, this is why you play the games. My sort of in game thing is, I how long can they go without being truly exposed?
7: Yeah, I mean, I I don't think that's we've even gotten this far. They've been exposed to this point, right? I think you you instantly lose a rotational piece. The steam is not put in the effort. You look at yesterday. That was what yesterday was. They didn't have Luca. They got exposed. Kyrie didn't have a good game at all. No denying that. No one else stepped up, and you got exposed by uh, let's let's be honest, a really bad Grizzlies team. Um, and you know that that's that's called exposing this. And I felt like this way for a little while now. This is less of you know we off, obviously this is Luca's what sixth year now, but realistically, this is a roster that Luca should have in his second year when yeah. you think about it, where yeah. you have a lot of guys that are younger than him. This is. And you've talked about this paying for the sins of your past for that roster building, and you know I get it. We all want to like make this trade and do this and, and do that, and it'll be interesting, right? I, I'm not, I'm not gung ho about making a trade because the history of in-season NBA trades is not a great one. Uh, you know, I don't. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but obviously, I'm I personally one to wait a little bit, take some time. I do think Hardy it's not been good. There's no denying it. I'm not like, and here's my thing. I'm not ever against trading anybody. I'm just not one to immediately go for like the trades because I, I don't think it's always the quick solution that we want. Cause it's, it's felt like that. That's what this team has always done. This team has always gone for the trades and sometimes it's worked, um, you know, 2011, obviously getting Tyson that clearly worked. And a lot of times it hasn't, you know, KP, um Harrison Barnes uh so etc And like I'm not saying that all these hypothetical trades people put out are bad and you know it's dumb like never do it I just think I'm a little more hesitant than other people and that's just my opinion and and of course again the beauty of fandom is everyone can have their opinion so I look at a game like this and I think you're missing five rotation players I didn't expect this team to win this game but the thing I took from this game is there was effort There was effort, and it was something we had not seen at all from this team in games where they had lost in blowouts. I think of the Pelicans game where there was no effort in that game. You know, it felt like Kyrie was the only person doing anything that whole game. And in this game, it felt like you know, I think Luca was the catalyst, but you saw other guys give effort. Uh, I think of the play AJ Lawson, like he he strips the ball, or no, it was maybe it was Luca or AJ. AJ just sprints down the court on the left-hand side, and picks it up, and then immediately gives it to Luca. and I think it it made it a three-point game. That was huge. You're just getting guys give effort, and it's not always, obviously, it's not always going to lead you to the results you want. Obviously, tonight shows that, but that's the one, and you've talked about it, it's the one variable you always control, and, you know, there was that, there was, like, the one rebound where Luca and then, I want to say it was Ludor, go for it, and it falls down, and you see Seth just like rip it away and hold on to it like there was effort tonight down down the stretch and that was something i don't think we had seen from this team when they were getting blown out and it was commendable that was the one thing i can commend for this team is that there was effort down the stretch and it was something we had not seen i'm not going to sit here sugarcoat and say this was a win you know a great victory it, it was yeah. a loss it's still a loss in the loss column but the things you can take away are that if you play with this effort even with a depleted roster when you have your full set of guys you know everyone needs to watch this game and say we need to be able to play like this every single night you know Shea, like he didn't have a good game relative to what he normally has he had 17 points he didn't even have 20 points like i mean we we were so mad about the defense but yes i agree like yeah if we got our people back it's not like the defense would be any better but i think there was just a lot more effort and that's something I, i want to see from this team and i think Yes, I, I agree. You know, we all want. You know, I, I agree. I think Jeremy Grant would be great. I mean, Mikhail Bridges would be a, also a perfect fit. All these players would be perfect fits, but uh, until that happens, or if it happens, you know, I'm not necessarily putting my hopes on that. What I I do want to see is I want to see internal improvement. And you know, you talked about it. I think for me, Omax he he had moments and and spurts of just one on one defense where I think he's good. I think I agree with you. His closeouts are hurt like not good at all and he, he gets a little herky jerky but i think part of that is he's just not acclimated to the speed of the game defensively at all and, and that takes time and i think i get it you know we look at luca and we look at the things he does he does mvp level stuff so often and we and we want and honestly he deserves a roster that's much better than this but the the sad reality is like right now it's just not that it's a roster yeah. now we're you know, two years ago, a kid was saying, "Oh, this is a young team. This is actually a young team." You had, other than Seth Curry, I don't think you had anyone on the court in the last five minutes that were older than Luca. I guess maybe Derek Jones, Derek Jones Jr. and and, and Seth Curry. Those, that's it. AJ Lawson's younger than Luca, and Lively is younger than Luca. Like, it, it's pretty, it's pretty weird. It's pretty weird to see that. And um, yeah, I mean, guys talked about AJ. I like AJ a lot. I've seen some of the stuff in the G League. He, he
1: he can't shoot. Like, he just can't. The fact he's that he a, hit threes tonight was pretty amazing, but he can't He's
7: a streaky shoot. three-point shooter. Like, he has a good shot. It's it's not consistent. That's the thing. But the thing I, I've always seen him that he's very consistent at in the G League is he's a great effort guy, which, like, that's uh, kind of expected because, you know, he's a G League player. But uh, he's also a really great fast break player. Um, he's very similar to Derek Jones Jr. in that way, where he's great on the fast break and it's actually a pretty like electric finisher in that sense. So I don't think he's necessarily going to like be in the rotation from this point on, but it's, it's to me positive that you could have at least like you, you got a moment where you felt like, okay, he's at least contributing. And I don't know if that means anything for the future, but it's nice. And I agree with you. Grant Williams has been disappointing and I don't know what it is. You know, maybe it's the same as what Josh is. Like you just sit him down for a few games. Like don't start him, like start someone else. I don't don't know how you do that or what you do, but That aside, I'm honestly the one thing I'm very excited about is I'm very happy with Lively's development. Like it has been sensational up to this point. Like you could argue, up to this point, that he's been the best rookie center in this class in terms of contributing to winning. Like yes, Chet has been phenomenal, but
1: I think Chet's been better. But I understand what you mean. He was definitely. It's definitely something amazing that Luca or that Lively has outplayed both Chet and um, um, OMB wendy it's pretty pretty great
7: i i get that but i think okc played well last year even without chet and that's where i would say chet is like the addition he's getting the the benefit
1: from that they're a good team yeah i know Mm -hmm. what you
7: mean and i think i think lively is elevating this mavericks floor whereas chet is raising their ceiling that's the i think the difference and that's that's something really special and you know I, I think it's it's awesome and I, I feel very validated I guess in the sense of all this off season, people were like why did not we get Aiton why didn't we get Capella and I don't know I felt really off about it this off season that I think Lively had something to prove and that I think you know we always complain like oh like the coach talk or you know the the player talk right like the the media speak right. and he did that right but I feel like he's really followed through with it and it's it's cool that you know Luka is had positive feelings about it. And I don't know. I, I get it. It's a loss. It's a tough loss. It's a brutal loss. I'm not going to sit here and deny that, but I, I take a lot more positive from things like effort, which we've just not seen. Look, we've literally not seen effort. We have seen this team literally last season. I, I probably not to the day, but very close where this team lost a 16 point lead with like three minutes left to go to this OKC team. Like there's just not been this level of effort in any game at all. And it's cool that at least there's something, I'm not saying this is that the Mavericks are going for the championships is all in, but yeah, you want to see this on a consistent basis because when you show it once, I want to, I want you to show it to me twice, you know, and we'll see, we'll see. Take it easy. And obviously it's weird. The scheduling now you're going Wednesday. I think we're, no, it's at home, right? Home to Utah. So that'll be interesting. Hopefully a little bit healthy, but
1: they, they yeah. can beat Utah and Portland and that's where it's like, they have the kind of schedule though. The, the um they play 14 in the next 23 days, which uh, pray for me as well. Um, yeah. The- oh, so <laughs> so but that, the, yeah, that's really where, so they need to stack up some of these wins because they're just going to have some schedule losses on the calendar.
7: For sure. For sure. And I think part of it is I feel a little bit more confident going into games like this when we're a little bit healthy, like, five rotation players is a pretty at like a, an insane thing like what are the odds that two of your rotation players your superstar and another pretty good you know ball handler are going to have children on the essentially so the same day like that's a that's a pretty once in a lifetime occurrence so i'm not super worried but uh yeah you, you just have to wait till wednesday but i think i'm st- i'm just happy i'm just happy because i this could have been a loss where it's like okay we lost by 25 i don't know i guess this guy played well And I feel like I come out of this going, even if Luca and I think Lively were the standout players, I thought there was still effort from the team, which is something I didn't think I would say uh, tonight at all. You're the man for uh, hanging out so late. Thanks so much for joining us. No, thank you, Kirk. I mean, it's super late. Get some rest and everyone take care.
1: Oh, yeah. No rest for the wicked. Talk soon.
7: (laughs) Bye. Bye. All right. I
1: don't know when the Mavs play again, because I haven't looked at the schedule. All I know is that I have to coach a YMCA basketball uh, practice tomorrow, which I will be uh, just making sure that the kids go and grab the ball in the inbounds pass, which was uh, one of the reasons the Mavericks lost tonight's game. Um, I'm trying to think. Head over to Mavs Moneyball. We'll probably have some stuff written about the the 30-point uh, run. Pretty amazing stuff there. Um, You know. Be sure to uh, tell your friends. Join these shows. Uh, it's the the closest thing we can do to the uh, to joining the Touchgrass movement, which is uh, spending time talking to real human beings instead of being in front of uh, Twitter or on Reddit and all those sorts of things. Um, Kirk Henderson, this has been a great time over here at Mavs. Or I'm sorry, Pod Mavericks Group Therapy. Thanks so much for hanging out. We'll talk soon. Go Mavs.